Hello, sports world. Welcome to a new episode of our sports podcast here. This is a familiar voice in Shoop, but I have a very special guest with me today. He's a bit of a football whiz himself and one of my good friends, Mr. Christian Scroce. Christian, how are you doing today? You're too kind. You're too kind. I'm doing good. I'm excited to be on. First time, first time, long time, you know, but here I am uh, excited to be on. We're, we're getting ready to talk about the draft, which is next week. Uh, can't believe it, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, draft's a week away, and I haven't, I feel like we say this every year, but I haven't seen this much craziness and uncertainty coming into a draft as much as this one. Uh, I don't know if you get that same feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's 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 weird because, like, there's so much, like, I feel like if I were to make a mock draft, I would put Bryce Young one and then two to 32, like, it could be so many different things, which is exciting. And uh, it's also, like, frustrating because, you know, you want to know where these guys are going. You all predict where these guys are going. But I think there's just so many clashing storylines, clashing needs that it's really tough to tell. And it's also, like, just a very unique draft class. Um, and, yeah, like, this is the first time in a while. I mean, even last year was kind of similar, but really, like, most of the top 10 and most of the first round, like I, I feel like everyone has no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, that definitely adds to the excitement. And obviously the quarterbacks have been the big discussion point coming into this draft. But uh, now we're hearing, we heard um, talks about, you know, QBs going from one to four. Now we're hearing a QB might not even be taken at two. Uh, so yeah, starting from two down, is this going to be absolute craziness? Um, but you know, aside from the quarterbacks, what do you think Christian is the biggest headline entering the draft? Yeah, I I mean, obviously I think the quarterbacks do go first because they're going to dictate so much of what happens in the draft. Um, I think in terms of the other player, Obviously, the one people would say is best available is probably Will Anderson, the outside linebacker out of Alabama. But I think Jalen Carter, the D-tackle out of Georgia, has also stolen a lot of headlines with his off-the-field question marks and storylines. And, you know, he was a guy that a lot of people would say, a lot of people would put him as the best just overall player in this draft. And there's wondering, you know, whether he's going to fall out of the top 10 you know, before when the whole thing happened with initially him being involved in that car crash um, with the other Georgia player, maybe even falling out of the first round. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so in terms of individual players, I would say that. And then overall, I, I think people see this as just like, like I said before, a very unique draft class, right? There's a lot of things that are not really normal. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously that goes without saying, but, you know, there's it feels like a draft where everyone has a yeah, but. Right. Like every player has a, you know, oh, you know, he's this, 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 but he also has this. And it's a you know detriment to that guy. So I think because of that, there's a lot of variance in terms of what we may see in guys being drafted. Um, like there are guys that I feel like could be taken the top 10 that might fall into the 20s. Right. There are guys that could be taken after pick 20 that might go in the top 10. So. I think because of that, it makes where everyone goes that much more interesting. That's a great point, the yeah, but argument. Because with all this Jalen Carter mess, obviously extremely talented player, monstrous force on the D-line. If this was a stacked draft class, well, that incident could have dropped him down. And it's not just that incident. I mean, the combine too, this, uh, the sluggish start of the combine. Mm-hmm. That could have knocked him down outside of the top 10 any normal year, but now it's seeming like it hasn't affected him one bit. Um, and you talk about unique players in this draft. I think some of the guys in terms of the size, like you look at Emmanuel Forbes' potential first-round corner, <laughs> yeah. he's got Devontae Smith's size. Uh, you never really see corners under 160 pounds no. in the NFL period, and he, he could be a first-rounder. Um, a lot of the top receivers, which you mentioned, weak receiver class this year. Uh, 
a lot of the top receivers are small, shifty guys, and a lot of the bigger guys are like second, third rounders. And then you have Nolan Smith, who is rising up draft boards. He's a sub 240 D end. So, yeah, a lot of exceptions to the rules this year. So, I digress. With with the amount of uncertainty, though, I'm sure a lot of teams are looking for that sure thing. So, let's start on the offensive end. Out of all the prospects in the draft, which offensive prospect do you think is the most sure thing? Yeah, I think the guy that's been getting talked about as, you know, the best offensive prospect just, uh, you know, without taking off the field or anything else into consideration is probably Bajan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. Um, he's a guy that people were talking about last year being like, he's going to be the best running back in this year's class, right? It's not even really that close. Uh, he's drawn in terms of being a prospect comparisons to, you know, Saquon's hype. I don't think he's quite there, but I see him as more of having like Leonard Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott hype. And he is really good. Uh, I think the difference between Bajan and those three guys is that he's not as explosive, uh, as the other three. He's in terms of like going the distance, right? The biggest thing about Saquon coming out was he was just a freak athlete. He was just going to be the best athlete whenever he stepped on a football field and he could take it 80 yards, you know, on every play. But John isn't necessarily that type of player. He can be at times, but where he really excels is he's going to come into the NFL and get four or five yards of carry every single carry, right? He's a guy that, you know, like they always say he falls forward a lot. Um, it's just what he likes to do. He's not super big, but he's good size. He's got great speed. Um, and he's got phenomenal vision. That's his biggest thing, right? He's going to get between the tackles. He's going to find the linebackers. He's going to find the creases. And I think because of that, he's going to be able to excel in pretty much every offense, which is why I had him as my sure thing. The other guy I want to give an honorable mention is Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Uh, just a, just a big solid tight end uses his weight, uses his size really well in the passing game as well. So because of that, I think any team that takes him is going to be happy with him being their tight end. Um, but like you said before, there's not many sure things because a lot of these guys have those yeah buts. I wouldn't call any of these receivers sure things. Uh, that's for certain. Absolutely not. Yeah. Michael Meyer, uh, he'll join a long list of Notre Dame tight ends to come to the NFL and dominate. Uh, but in terms of offensive process, I think are a sure thing. I'll start with Bijan Robinson, too. I mean – He's the best overall talent in the draft. I mean, if running backs didn't fall off trees within five years, he could be like a number one overall kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, and I've heard comparisons that he might be the best running back in the draft since Adrian Peterson. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned all the intangibles, the vision, the the quickness, the ability to get that extra yard carry, but also amazing character guy. Um, kind of like how Saquon is, where he just like, can become an immediate franchise face. I think any team that falls, I think Bijan Robinson will happen to fall into the right place. You know, I don't think he'll get, um, I don't think anyone will reach for him, but I think he'll just fall into the right place and he'll be a stud no matter where he goes. Two other guys I like. I like Dalton Kincaid a little bit more than Michael Meyer, just because I think Kincaid can, I, I think he's like a jack of all trades, master of none, but mm. You know, if there's anyone who could potentially fit that Travis Kelsey mode, yeah, it, it's Kincaid. And Kincaid is a phenomenal route runner, but he can block too. So uh, I think Kincaid has the potential to go top 20. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, not necessarily a tackle, but if he does slide over to guard, I, I think he's just too much of a mammoth not to succeed in the NFL. Um, and all these, all these offensive linemen, like you said, have certain question marks and Skaronsky, you know, his big question mark, again, another outlier in terms of he has really short arms. Yeah. Which he wrecks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like um he he was able to compete against Big Ten competition. So uh that that does mean something, but NFL is a whole different ballgame. So uh he might not be a great fit at tackle, but guard I'm sure he'll excel at if he was to be drafted there. All right. Um, moving over to the other side of the football, which uh, defensive prospect is your most sure thing in the draft? 
Yeah, the cop-out pick for me here is Will Anderson, just because I, I think he's going to be able to come into the league and do exactly what he should, right? He's just an edge rusher. That, that's exactly what he is. He's going to set the edge. He's going to get there. He's going to use his speed rush. He's got solid pass rush moves. He's been a solid contributor at Alabama for three years now, right? It just There's not many knocks on his game, and that's why I think he's probably the most sure thing on the defensive side, but the one, the more spicy pick of mine is Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. Um, I loved watching him at the combine. He's got great hips. You know, he can move really well, and he's so smooth. I feel like when you see the best corners, it's the guys that they're able to recover well. But part of the reason that they can cover receivers so well is because they don't make many mistakes. Um, you look at like Sauce Garner last year. He came into the league, and yeah, he's super big, and he can match up physically with a lot of the receivers. But he's just on them, uh, you know, like he they are not able to create separation against him because whenever they try to make their breaks, he's always right there, almost running the route for the receiver. I see a lot of that with Christian Gonzalez and in a league where it's fit for receivers to do really well. I think Gonzalez can come into the league and be a solid corner for whatever team drafts it. I know no one is going to like this answer, uh, <laughs> but I really like don't have a sure thing in this draft. So going on with Will Anderson, so he's a top defensive prospect. How I view Anderson, I think Anderson can be a team's best pass rusher, a really good pass rusher, potentially a you know, Pro Bowl guy. I don't see him hitting that elite level. I don't think he's got those other, that otherworldly athleticism that you typically see from like a top five pick. Mm. Um, I just think that he's, heightened up by a weak draft class. Um, so if you want to go a safe route and say Anderson will be a safe pick for team, then yeah, I think he is a sure thing in that regard. Um, and then the, the next two guys, you know, obviously Carter is anything but safe. So you got the two corners. Um, the two that are debated at the top of the draft are Gonzalez Witherspoon, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. Uh, I like Witherspoon. The only real knock on Witherspoon is his height, but he doesn't play like his height you know he's yeah. he'll match up with the big receivers and still give them a hard time um i've heard uh buzzes rumors about christian gonzalez not having the toughness aspect of his game um mm. and scouts worry about that i would not be surprised to see him fall out of the top 10 for that reason um but yeah i think a lot of these guys in defense could be good but uh there's there's no real elite guy like a Bijan Robinson on the other side where I'd be like I'm like he's gonna be a star. No, yeah, uh, for sure. I like Witherspoon. I think you're exactly right with his uh, attitude. Like he's so uh, listen when he hits you, you feel it, right? Like every play for him, he's like a bat out of hell. Like he he's just going after all the time. Um, and for corners, I think that could lead to him making a couple mistakes in coverage. But if you want just a solid tackle corner that's going to also maybe play box safety for you, he's your guy. And and it's definitely the two of them at the top of the corner class, um, a class that I think overall is pretty good. Uh, and you're right about his height, but I think he more than makes up for it in his hard-hitting ability. Definitely, definitely. All right. So those are sure things or almost sure things, I guess. But let's go to the bus side of things. Um, a lot to pick from with a lot of uncertainty, but who who are your guys that you're going with? Yeah, the first guy that came to mind um, was Lucas Van Ness, uh, the defensive end out of Iowa. Um, he He's the kind of guy, so I think the biggest, the two biggest things to know about Lucas Van Ness are that he didn't play first and second down, really, on Iowa's defense. Um, it was a defense that was out there a lot because their offense was so bad, but... They would bring him in on third downs, pass rushing, passing situations, just tell him, go after the passer, right? And a lot of teams, I think, are going to like him because, you know, he's a big, physical, Iowa corn-fed guy, right? They like you know, an upstanding Lots of corn. Lots, Lots of corn. Of corn. <laughs> and so they think he's going to come in. And the perception was that he would come into the combine and he would test out of his mind, right? He'd be super strong, super fast. And he really didn't do that. So he came in as a very solid athlete. He's a very good athlete. But... I think a lot of people thought he would pull kind of a Trayvon Walker last year who he came into the combine and just like blew everyone out of the water. Right. Everyone was like, who the hell is this guy? It caused him to go all the way up to number one to the Jaguars. And Van Ness just didn't really do that. 
And so for a guy that is a good athlete, but doesn't have that many great pass rush techniques, I feel like just the combination of no elite traits from him is going to cause him to go probably too early and probably not reach the full potential he could on a team with a better defensive line. And then the other two guys that came to mind for me are Miles Murphy and then Brian, I think it's Brisey, Brisey, I don't know. He's a defensive tackle. <laughs> Brissy is a defensive tackle at Clemson, and Murphy is a defensive end. Both guys, very high recruits. I think they were both at least four-star. I know Brissy was the top recruit in the nation when he was coming in for his freshman year at Clemson. Um, and both of them just didn't really live up to expectations. And so because of that, I think a lot of guys are going to see Clemson. They're going to see Clemson defensive line, and they're going to say, we need to get this guy on our team. And because I think both of them might go a little too early, I would probably draft them in the late twenties, you know, early second round, but I could see one of them uh, going all the way up in the teens. And I just feel like that's too early for them. Yeah. uh, I like those picks mostly because I think with all those guys, you're really banking off talent and potential, not necessarily proven production, which is exactly where I'm going to go with my bus pick, which is Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson seems like the most boomer bus guy in this draft. I mm-hmm. mean, he's getting all this hype because of the freakish athleticism he displayed at the combine. I mean, you're running a 4-4 for a QB and mastering all the drills. I mean, I get why, why the hype. I mean, you've never really seen an athlete come out of the draft like, as a quarterback like this in quite some time. Yeah. Um, but then you go, like, look at the game film, and, you know, Richardson, he's just not very polished, and he just, he makes tons of bad reads, uh, makes makes bad throws, hesitant. Um, and what my worry is with Richardson, you know, Richardson, he also, he hasn't had that many snaps as at quarterback, you know, compared yeah. to, like, some of the other guys, like Young and Stroud, who've had plenty of experience. Richardson hasn't had that. And you think about the teams that are looking to take quarterback this year, you know, um, a lot of teams have like stopgap quarterbacks. You look at maybe the Raiders mm-hmm. with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, maybe Washington with like Sammy Howell, um, Titans with Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Anthony Richardson is, is the kind of guy where he can very much succeed, but only in a situation where he can come in, start right away, and be allowed to make mistakes. Mm. I think, like, Mahomes had the benefit of sitting out a year, but, you know, he had all that experience in college, like throwing the ball, working in a high area offense. Richardson doesn't have that experience, and uh, you make him sit for a year, I feel like he's the kind of guy that learns from his mistakes on the field, not watching others. So, uh it really depends on situation, but I think someone – I have a team, but I think someone <laughs> will pay a little too much to Richardson. Yeah. Um, going, on the defense, going on the defensive side, um, Healy Ringo, another um, late-round corner mm-hmm. who uh, was a very good prospect coming out of high school. He, um, he replaced Tyson Campbell, I believe, at his starting spot. And, you know, he did well for the most part, but – he gets beat bad in one particular area, and that's covering receivers off of their breaks. And if an offensive coordinator, you know, watches enough film on this guy, puts uh and puts one of their speedier, shiftier receivers um, in a matchup against Ringo, they can expose that all day. So uh, unless Ringo fixes that part of his game, well, he's going to be torched and exposed in the NFL. Uh, obviously, he's got. He's got the size and the intangibles, but um, there were certain times in college, like those matches against LSU, against those those really good receivers where he just got exposed. So um, those are my two picks for Bus. Yeah, I I the funny thing is I actually really like both of the guys that you picked for Bus. Like I actually think they can be really good, but I think they meet the most likely to be Bus, especially for Richardson. like kind of what you alluded to if there are certain teams where if he were to be drafted by them i would think oh this is great and he's going to be really good there are other teams where i would think oh this is a problem 
And really it's because like, you're going to have to be patient with him. Um, like, like you alluded to, he's only started 13 games in college. Um, and, and that's kind of taboo in the NFL world because especially in recent history, some guys with a similar like lack of experience, Trubisky, uh, Trey Lance didn't throw many passes in college, right? And we're seeing those guys struggle in the NFL. Trey Lance has had more injury trouble, but you know that's the concern with Richardson. So he's got to go to a place that really wants to let him grow. Like you said, let him make mistakes. Very similar to like Josh Allen, the first two years of his career. Just let him go out, let him use his physical tools and let him make mistakes. Um, I think the other comparison would be like what the Bears did with Justin Fields this year. Just let him go out, use his athleticism and win you games and put up points if you can. And then Ringo... You hit it the nail on the head. Like he's he makes a lot of mistakes. He's super athletic, super, super fast. But I think he relies on that a little too much. He's kind of the opposite of Gonzalez in that way, where Ringo, like he's kind of just everywhere uh, on the field. You know, he doesn't necessarily know what's going on with the route. He's more relying on his athleticism. Gonzalez is much more that guy that's going to use the technique of being a corner uh, in order to stay with the receiver. So Definitely those two guys have a lot of boom bust potential and depending on where they go and the coaches that they're with, uh, it might be short careers for the two of them. So now we're on that topic. Let's, let's play a little game of where will they go? And let's start with the quarterbacks. Um, we're not really going to go over Bryce young because, uh, Bryce young canceled meetings with all our teams after he left the Panthers, um, betting odds are, heavily in his favor now so Mm -hmm. it seems like Bryce Young to the Panthers is a lock at this point um but the other three quarterbacks we're not quite sure about so um for the other three quarterbacks we're talking about CJ Stroud Anthony Richardson and Will Levis give me teams that you think they will go to and also let me know if that team is their best match or if there's a team that might be a better match for them Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of talk this week about Stroud um, falling down draft boards. Uh, A lot of, I think, like kind of garbage in terms of him, like, you know, not being like approved, like about his transition from Ohio State. You know, he's got all these great receivers and great recruits around him and transitioning to the NFL, which I think that's like the one valid kind of criticism come out of this. But then people talking about him like missing the Manning passing Academy and like, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's not a hard worker. I think a lot of this is smoke. Um, I still think he goes number two to the Texans. I think things are kind of happening where teams that are a little bit down in the draft might be trying to get him to fall a little bit. And I think this might've been happening a little bit with Bryce Young before the Panthers kind of made it clear that he was their guy. And now these teams are saying, well, hey, maybe we could get Stroud to go. Um, There's also all this talk about the S2 test, which is for anyone wondering, it's if anyone knows what the Wonderlick is, that kind of tests IQ for a quarterback. The S2 tests more how you read different situations and adapt to them. And apparently Stroud didn't test very well. But I think this is a guy that's proven in Ohio State. He's got a heck of an arm. He's super accurate. Um, And in the college football playoff against Georgia, he really showed his athleticism. So I still think he goes two to the Texans. Um, I don't think that would be an ideal landing spot for him. I think the Texans haven't been great the last few years. And I think he'd be much better suited going to a place like Indianapolis um, or like Vegas with offensive minded head coaches. Uh, In both of those places, he'd have solid wide receivers in Michael Pittman and then obviously Devontae Adams. And he'd have solid running games with Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs as well. So I think if he went to those two places that had a little more help around him, um, he'd do a lot better. But I don't think he falls past two. Yeah, um, it's really weird hearing all this talk about them not being a quarterback, you know, but I almost kind of believe it. I mean. We all this hype about Caleb Williams, you know, being the next great quarterback prospect next year. And he clearly is at this moment. Yeah. Um, but will the Texans, you know, really wait another year to do it? I think I honestly think they shouldn't, but they're stupid enough to do it. Yeah, you know? it's it's a tough sell. I mean, to say like we're gonna, you know, I mean talk about Caleb Williams, like you're gonna need the first pick probably to get Caleb Williams, right? And now they have a lot of picks to trade, but yeah, to admit that you're trying to be bad again it's a tough sell for fans and especially I like all four of these quarterbacks and so yeah I I don't necessarily believe it either to be honest yeah well if that does happen 
Stroud's gonna get swooped up by the Colts. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a a perfect fit, like you said. Uh, great great running game there. Uh, uh, stud receiver and Pittman. Yeah, you know, and good offensive line. Well, historically good offensive line. They had a down year last year. Maybe they'll turn around. Um, I also think that Anthony Richardson and the Titans are like meant to be. <laughs> um, I think I think um, Richardson is is everything they think or want Malik Willis to be. And yeah. if Richardson can complete a ten yard pass down the field, he's already an upgrade. <laughs> Yeah, this is the one that this is the only one of these that we really agreed on. Besides, obviously, Bryce Young to the Panthers. Um, so uh, yeah, Mike Vrabel basically won a power struggle with John Robinson, the GM of the Titans. I don't think he was too happy about him. One trading AJ Brown last year, and two, I don't think Mike Vrabel wanted Malik Willis. Like, I think to know how a head coach feels about a quarterback, like it's pretty telling when they just don't let them throw the ball. Like Malik Willis was the literal starter for the Titans in like a few games last year, and he didn't throw it. Like he's been past 10 yards. So I think they'd have to trade up a little bit to get him. But I think Anthony Richardson is a guy who he might fall out of that like five, you know, top five range. And if he's there at like five or six, I could see the Titans calling up Seattle or Detroit and saying, hey, we'll give you some picks. Let's go get our guy. Um, especially because I don't think Vrabel and staff are sold. I'm Malik Willis, and they only spent a third-round pick on him last year, so it's not like they're tied to him in any way. No, they're definitely not tied to him, especially after his play and the, how unexciting the offense was. Uh, the Titans are in complete rebuild mode anyway, so they don't need Richardson to be good right away. So that's why I think it's a really good fit. Um, and what about Will Levis? He's like he's the banana eating with the peel, <laughs> like he's the weirdest, weirdest prospect. I'm not even talking quarterbacks. Weirdest prospect we've had in a long time. But... Will, yeah. Will Levis looks and behaves like Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State. Like, he, yeah. he just, like, he's so weird and he's so interesting. And I, I feel like he, like, he's the kind of guy that someone like Jim Ursay would just love. Like, like he's a football-loving dude. You know, he's up here. He's 6'4". Right? He's got a big arm. So, I, I think... The Panthers and Texans are going to get their quarterbacks. Something's going to happen at three. I don't know if the Cardinals are going to take Will Anderson or trade out of the pick, but, and then and I, I think the Colts are going to have their choice between Anthony and Will Levis. And we've been hearing a lot more recently that the Colts really like him. And, and I, I think he could come in. They need a quarterback. And I think this is going to be the first time where they're going to be able to get, you know, this young guy, uh, Shane Steichen is going to get the new head coach is going to get his quarterback. And he is weird, but he's also the kind of guy that I think, the Colts would fall in love with. Yeah. Well, speaking of weird, you know where weird people thrive? Florida. Florida. <laughs> and the Buccaneers, they don't have, I mean, they got, they signed Baker Mayfield, but he's, he's more of a stopgap. I mean, there's a reason he didn't work out with two franchises. Um, and Kyle Trask, there's, there's, you don't even tell me about Kyle Trask. He's, he's not working out. So um, I think Will Levis has that opportunity uh, to win a starting job over these guys. And, you know, if it doesn't work out for the Bucks, then no harm done, really. Quarterback class is great. And we've seen teams in the past, you know, double down, take a quarterback back-to-back years. So it's not that uncommon anymore. So um, Levis to the Bucks, I, I don't think Levis will go as high as four. I, I just don't think he's that good of a prospect. But if teams are desperate enough to do it, then maybe. That's what I was going to Do you think he falls to the Bucs, or do you think they have to trade up a little bit? No, I think he falls. Because once the top three quarterbacks go, um, and, like, you know, already with Stroud potentially falling, you know, it's, it just seems like the, the – what's the word I'm looking for? Like, the whole vibe around the quarterbacks this year after Young is, is just not, not there. It's so interesting. I don't think teams will. I think it's it's just a crapshoot in general this year, but I don't think yeah. teams are going to be willing to trade up resources for the fourth quarterback in this yeah. year's. Yeah, I mean, we saw last year like all those quarterbacks fell so far, and, and I think I think the difference this year is that one. I think these guys are just a lot better than last year's guys. I have a weird feeling that one of them does fall, not necessarily super far, but like past the top ten. 
just because you're right. Like it would be so weird for, I mean, all four of these guys to go as high as they're talking. There's other good prospects. There's teams with other needs. Um, I just feel like there's so many teams that could use a quarterback, but like we said before, I think there are teams that could be thinking about Caleb Williams next year and thinking, well, we'll just go get our guy next year. So yeah, these four are going to dictate everything that happens in this top 10 and then beyond. And it's going to be so, so interesting once we find out where they're going. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will talk about some of those picks outside the top 10 and we will leave you with some bold predictions and some other fun questions. So stick around. And we're back. Okay, so we just went over the top QB matches in the draft. So let's go over some other first round matches made in heaven. And we're going to target outside the top five to make it a little more interesting. So give me a few teams and player matches that you think work really well together. Yeah, what I'll touch on quickly, um, Giants fans won't like this, but the Eagles and kind of like anybody, um, <laughs> they have a really good roster and they have the 10th overall pick. And so I had written down here Christian Gonzalez and Nolan Smith. Um, I think those are two interesting guys they could add to their roster with kind of a look to the future. Um, they re-signed Slay uh, and they still have Bradbury, but outside of that, they really don't have anybody. And so Christian Gonzalez would be a little bit of um, – corner insurance for them and then nolan smith just a speed rush on the outside his comp is like hassan reddick and so they already have hassan reddick so basically cloning hassan reddick i think would make that defensive line really fun for them um good comparison by the way only only sub 240 dns in the nfl yeah after next year. and reddick was like he, he was an off-ball guy like they had to convert him so it kind of just shows how weird like nolan smith coming in as it is as an edge is um, another one I want to touch on quickly, uh, the Jets, just any of these offensive tackles. There's a lot of tackles that are kind of up here. Uh, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State, Broderick Jones out of Georgia, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Uh, I'd be happy with all three of those guys. I think they'd be good picks for the Jets. Um, all three, like, really big, good-sized tackles that can play left, they can play right. Um, I would personally prefer Paris Johnson because he has experience across the offensive line, but I think any of those would be great. Um, the one I really wanted to highlight, though, is Peter Skaronsky, who we touched on a little bit before, uh, to the Bears at nine. The Bears, in my opinion, should just hammer offensive line and defensive line for this entire draft. Um, and so at nine, I could see them taking, like, Jalen Carter would also excite me. But the reason I like Skaronsky is because of what we touched on earlier, where his arms are a little bit short for tackle, so – Teams might put him at guard, but he reminds me of Elijah Vera Tucker for the Jets in a way in that he can play anywhere on the offensive line. And I feel like for a team that has a young quarterback like Justin Fields, you know, you're trying to improve. Like, offensive line is not very good in Chicago. So just getting a guy that can plug and play anywhere across the line, I think would be really good for them. And two others I want to mention are Zay Flowers to the Chargers, um, wide receiver out of Boston College. He's a little small. Some people say he kind of looks like Antonio Brown when he plays. I think that's a little bit of a high praise, but mm-hmm. you know, he's a guy that can stretch the field, which I think they really desperately need. Um, and then Dalton Kincaid, who we mentioned before to the Cowboys. Uh, I think Kincaid can just be a more dynamic Dalton Schultz. Uh, Schultz's big thing in Dallas was like he would just fall down whenever he caught the ball. Like he barely <laughs> got any yards after catch. Whereas Kincaid, I think they could use him in a lot of interesting ways uh they also don't really have a big body guy on their offense right now they have Gallup kind of on the outside but Kincaid's the kind of guy very similar to like Kelsey or Kittle who uh, you know you could just have him go out rebound guys um and he's a much more polished receiver than Michael Mayer the tight end of Notre Dame so I kind of like that marriage as well yeah uh one thing you forgot to mention with the Pierce Gronsky and the Bears connection Chicago. Yeah, from Chicago. One there, that's from there, too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, for my player matches, um, the first one I want to talk about, uh, so I want to talk about my New York Giants, who you just slighted before, but uh, I won't pay attention to I don't know if I slighted them. (laughs) Um, Anyway, if if the Giants are in a situation where their preferred receivers are off the board, 
like they get uh taken you know three or four after the other which i think it very well happen yeah then jack campbell seems like a perfect pick for them at 25 because the giants have had trouble at linebacker for years they really haven't had an elite linebacker since antonio pierce like almost 10 years ago hmm. uh, and jack campbell is a prototypical mike linebacker he's not your best athlete on the field yeah but he fits that mike role extremely well and you know giants position plugging and playing different guys into his position for so long they had freaking jalen smith who's <laughs> had like five knee injuries in his career playing that position so um it should be an upgrade there um another pick that i really like is Bijan robinson to the detroit lions so they signed David Montgomery offseason. But I look at Montgomery as more of a Jamal Williams replacement, like a, mm. like a goal line kind of guy. The Lions aren't happy with DeAndre Swift. Swift's been hurt too much. And when Swift was healthy towards the end of the season, they still weren't giving him snaps. They were saying it's because they're trying to ease him back in. But, like, I, I don't know if you what teams ease their running backs back in. Most of them just beat him into the ground. So yes. that didn't make sense to me. Uh, if the Lions add Bijan Robinson, it would make this offense. Oh they might goodness. already be top five in the league. They could <laughs> be one of the best offenses in the league oh, yeah. with Robinson and uh, could put them as the clear NFC North favorites. Uh, other picks that I like. Steelers and Joey Porter just feels like such a Steelers pick Yeah, to get uh, former players' son. Uh, he's Got great size, 6'2", and they need a – they lost uh, – I can't, forget, can't remember his name, but they did lose a, a corner in the offseason, so they do have to replace him. Uh, so the need is there. Uh, for the Chargers, I do have them taking a receiver, but I think Jackson Smith and Jigba, if he's available at this pick, is the perfect fit, especially with Keenan Allen winding down his career. Uh, he kind of fits that – Keen Allen mold and just super athletic, speedy, and um, knows how to get open. I think he'd be a great fit as a slot receiver in that offense. Uh, and then lastly, uh, we talked about Michael Meyer before. Um, him or Dalton Kincaid, really, it's whatever the Packers pick is. But uh, with with I know that the Packers don't historically like drafting offensive playmakers besides quarterbacks of course yeah but they could they could give jordan love a little more help on offense and they don't really have much besides a 40 year old mercedes lewis and <laughs> uh, uh always hurt robert Tunney. so either tight ends would be good but i think michael meyer just because he's more of a big play threat that he'd be Definitely. a good fit i like i like jackson smith and jigba a lot um, he's my favorite receiver in this draft. Uh, I think he actually, the comparison to Keenan Allen, I think is actually a pretty good one. Um, a note on Joey Porter Jr. Uh, one, I feel like just not making Joey Porter mad by not picking him if you're the Steelers is probably a good idea. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., if you're listening to this, look up a picture of him. This dude has freakishly long arms. This dude, like, if he stood up straight and just put his arms at his side, like, he could have pockets on his knees. Like, it's insane. Um so yeah, that's all I have to say about wow. him. But you're right. You're right. Absolutely right. Other than that, um, all good. All good picks. I, I like all of these. Yeah. Um, we're gonna get into bold picks, and we're barely that for last. Um, I know you want to ask a couple questions, so I'll 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 let you have the floor from here. Yeah. Um. What What I wanted to ask, and then uh, another one I kind of wanted to throw as a surprise at you. Uh. The first one was who is the Cole Strange of this draft? Um. So if anyone remembers last year, the Patriots inexplicably took uh Cole Strange, a guard out of UT Chattanooga. I think with like the twenty eighth pick in the first round, like way above where he should have been drafted. Um. And he was pretty good last year. Like he, he's a good prospect, but just like who's the guy that's going to get drafted in round one. That's going to make you go like who. And like, even if you're uh, into the draft, you're going to have to Google this guy and be like, I have no idea who this guy is. And I've never heard his name before. Well, yeah, I remember you asked this question, like how, how do I come up with a guy that I've heard of? that I won't <laughs> hear? 
let me tell let me get this right out of the way there will never be never cold strains cold strains is a one of one <laughs> i mean to have a big reach like that and his last name be strange like um typical bill belichick um if you, if you were to go with like a prototypical you know like same mold as him a guard from a uh, small school double a school yeah uh cody mouch Mouch from north Dakota state probably fits the mold very well um although there's you know there's a lot off the linemen so someone would be really you know i i guess stupid to, to reach him like that um in terms of guy most people won't know or be surprised by name um this guy adatomiwa out of borore out of northwestern d lineman um, I've seen him go like second, third round. Um, he's he had extremely good combine numbers, like yeah. similar to JJ Watt, really good. Um, but really, I just want to see this pick get made so Roger Goodell can stand on the podium and try to pronounce <laughs> this guy's name without completely embarrassing <laughs> himself. Uh, I think that'll be a highlight in its own. Uh, Adebayo is great. He's actually really good. Like, like he's one of those guys that I, I think teams could be trying to trade back into the first to get him, like because they're afraid that they won't get him at the top of the second round. Like you said, he tested out of his mind at the combine. Really good defensive line prospect. This is a draft that is not very deep at D tackle, right? Like, there's not that many great guys there. A, lo- a lot of projects, and in a draft full of projects at D tackle, he's one of those guys that can come in, plug and play day one. Um, and yeah, he, he's a guy that has been rising up a lot in like the past week. So by the time the draft comes, a lot of people might not, um, know about him. Cody mock, I think is like too perfect for this. It's literally like the same thing. Uh, yeah. I think he played tackle at, I think it was at North Dakota state. Yeah. Um, and if you look up a picture of him, he is missing his two front teeth. Uh, and it's very oh. funny because he looks like, he just looks like a gentle giant. He looks like he belongs on game of Thrones. Um, and he, he's, he's huge. He's like six, six. Uh, but again, very similar to Skaronsky, a lot of teams might move him to guard because it's an easier transition. Um, so I think he fits this like almost too well. The other two guys I had were Anton Harrison, who's a tackle from Oklahoma. He's kind of outside that first tier of tackles, but tackle is a position that's just so widely, you know, needed around the NFL. And so I think a team late in the first might say, Hey, we're going to take him. Uh, and then the other guy I wanted to put here was Antonio Johnson. He's a safety out of Texas A&M. Not many good safeties in this draft period. Uh, and so no, not many people are paying attention to them, but you know, I think a team might sit there and say, Hey, we're going to go take the best one, especially he's the best one in the sense of there's not many like center fielder safeties. Uh, Brian branch out of, Alabama and Jordan battle are both kind of more box safeties. Whereas Antonio Johnson is a guy that, you know, very Ed Reed esque. I'm not saying he's as good as him, but that's kind of the role he's going to play in the NFL. And so I could see a team uh, take him at the end of the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, best part about this question is that if we're right, we're actually wrong. Exactly. <laughs> All right, what else you got? The other question uh, I had written down was a day three guy. So just getting deep that will become a household name. So basically a guy that's going to be taken in the fourth through seventh round, really late in the draft that, you know, when no one cares about, we're going to hear about kind of like Brock Purdy last year, he's just going to come out of nowhere. And we're going to sit there and say, when the hell was this guy drafted? Right. People are going to look him up. Who's that guy that is not very well known now, but could be a few months from now. Well, um, I went with a few guys that, um, depending on how well you're following draft, following coach football, you might know these guys, uh, but they're all day three guys that I really think could um, stand out in the NFL. Start with the quarterback position. Uh, Jaron Hall out of BYU. The knock on Jaron Hall, he's 25. Um, So, and, you know, BYU, uh, they, they haven't historically, you know, produced the greatest quarterbacks. He had Zach Wilson, but uh, I think teams might have a bad taste in their mouth about that. But Jaron Hall, one scout compared him to Jalen Hurts with his yeah. rushing ability and ability to throw the ball and his toughness. Um, so some team, you know, that doesn't get any of the quarterbacks that they like, or maybe they're, you know, uncertain about the quarterback they have now. Maybe like a team like the Raiders, you know, could take a chance on a guy like Hall. As a as a quality backup, 
And who knows, maybe he could become like a Taysom Hill for a team. Uh, so obviously quarterbacks have the best chance of becoming a household name, so I went with him. And two other guys, two unique prospects in this draft. Uh, I'll start with Deuce Vaughn. Now, Vaughn, he could be a third-round pick, but uh, because of his height, which is really the big knock against him, he's he's really short. He's like he's five, shorter than three. me. He's shorter than me. Like he's five. Like I think he's like five five. Like he he's like very very tiny. You don't even call. You can't even call him a short king. You gotta call him short prince. Like yeah, that's <laughs> how the smallest guy is. But like in the Big Twelve championship game against TCU, place for Kansas State, of course. He was all over the field, and he's so shifty and makes so many elusive plays that um, he'll he'll be underdrafted, and he'll be like a pass catching back for some team, and he'll be he'll thrive at this role, uh, kind of like how Austin Eckler is currently thriving right now, uh, and uh, Darren Darren Sproles back in the day, obvious comparison, but uh, Vaughn because of his unique unique height he has a very good chance of standing out even if he is not a three down back in the nfl um and then the last guy i went with is the sneaky athletic um grit grind guy uh jim rat worked hard in the gym the only white cornerback any in the draft and possibly in the nfl next year mr riley moss in all seriousness moss he's no exaggeration, not not the greatest athlete, but has worked extremely hard. And um, people were concerned about his speed, but he posted a sub 4-5-40 in the combine. So that kind of erased those concerns. I think Moss can work his way and become a very good reserve corner with enough experience. Um, if he gets his trash talk going, he'll, he'll be uh, – It'll be a fan favorite. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Um, I love Jaron Hall. I, I think Jaron Hall is a great shout. Um, he's the kind of guy I've heard, like you said, Jalen Hurts. I've heard like Gardner Minshew vibes where he's, you know, he's going to come in and like, even though he's going to be like a sixth round pick, he's going to sit there and say, I can beat out anybody in front of me. Um, and I can see either like a playoff team, like we saw with Brock Purdy last year, maybe like that needs to win a game or two down the stretch and he steps up. Or I, I think what's more likely is he goes to a team that's kind of at, you know at the bottom of the barrel, right? And they have a quarterback injury, and you know their season's not going great, and they're just trying to test what they have. And he ends up showing out really, really well. Um, similar in the mold of that, Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, UCLA quarterback, uh, very good athlete. I can see a kind of similar thing where they a team may use him as a more of a gadget player, but when he needs to step up and be a quarterback for like a game or two, or even just two quarters at the end of a game, I could see him and Jaron Hall doing really well. Um, in terms of guys that I had on here, one guy that I love uh, starting with the receivers I had on here, the first guy I had was A.T. Perry receiver out of Wake Forest. Uh, going back to what we said before about the receivers, they are small. This is a small receiver class. Um, there's a metric that like measures player size you know, like takes into account like their height, their weight, you know, their muscle mass, everything, and gives you basically spits out a number. Um, seven of the top 20 lowest like size scores in draft history for receiver are in this draft, right? Like there, there's so many small guys. Um, and in a draft full of small guys, A.T. Perry is six, three and a half. He's like one of the only big body guys in this draft. And so because of that, I actually think he could go higher than the fourth round and maybe sneak into the third round. But I really like how he goes up for the ball. You know, a lot of teams are trying to find like a T Higgins type player. Um, I think a lot of people have compared him to like Devonte Parker, right. You know, and that he uses his height really well, you know, in a draft where there's not a lot of jump ball guys, I think AT Perry could be a guy that we hear a lot of catching, you know, maybe in like five to 10 touchdowns this year, depending on what team he's drafted on. Um, and then I'm going to go to the absolute opposite of that, which is a very small guy, Jaden Reed, uh, who's a receiver out of Michigan State. Um, I think he can come in and be a really great like punt returner or special teamer for a playoff team. Uh, I think he's probably going to go in like the fourth or fifth round, and he is just electric. Um, he's been at Michigan State for a while. He's a phenomenal athlete, smooth in his route running. In his first year, I don't think on the field as a receiver is going to be where he makes a lot of his impact, but definitely a very good special teamer late in the draft for teams. 
Um, and then another guy I wanted to mention was Zach Harrison. Uh, it was a defensive end out of Ohio State. I believe he was a former five-star recruit going to Ohio State. He was kind of supposed to be like the next, you know, Bosa, right, or next Chase Young in line of these great edge rushers at Ohio State. And he never really panned out. Um, it, you know, just didn't work. Combination of just wasn't as productive. Injury history. Um, but a lot of these teams just see like former five-star recruit and they just jump on it uh, in like the fourth or fifth round. They say, well, if he's got the physical tools, with Har- which Harrison does, we can bring him in and we can teach him really well. The Patriots do this all the time. They just sit there and say, where are the four or five-star recruits that didn't pan out? We're going to show them to our coaching staff and then they're going to be great. Um, and Zach Harrison, I think, could be that kind of guy. If he goes to a team like like the Steelers, who've got a great defensive line, plug him in there on third downs. You know, he could get a few sacks this year and then eventually work his way up to being an every down player. Um, so he's another guy that I really like that we might hear a lot more of, even though we don't know them now that much. Um, and then, you know, so that was really great. I, I like all those players. I think it's going to be really interesting to see where all those guys go. Uh, the last question I wanted to throw out here though, is both of us, we, we play fantasy football. You know, we know our way around fancy. And I wanted to ask you if there is a running back receiver or tight end match that would get you the most excited fantasy wise, either this year or could even be beyond like a specific player team match that would make you like really excited for fantasy. Jameer Gibbs to the bills. I'm assuming that Brian Robinson is off the board by then. Um, The bills, you know, if you're going to take a running back in the first round, then it's going to either be an elite talent like Robinson, or you are a running back away from an extremely elite offense. The Bills already had an elite offense, but have never found that running back to pair with Josh Allen. You put Gibbs in there, and he's going to be in line to score double-digit touchdowns his first year based on just opportunity alone, based on how often the Bills are in the red zone and the fact that there's not much competition on that Bills roster. Um, I think Gibbs would be perfect. Um, obviously, Robinson, too. Um, and if Smith and Jigba does end up on the Chargers, I think mm-hmm. he could rack up uh, rece- receptions in PPR leagues. Yeah, I, I, I like the Gibbs pick. Um, Gibbs to the Bengals, too. I know they're not necessarily – I don't think they're sold on like Mixon being there for like that much longer. So him g- give – uh, Burrow much more of a receiving option. I think that could be really good. Um, mine, I went more the tight end route because there's like no good tight ends in fantasy football. Um, and really, I, I like a lot of these guys, guys at the top. Um, another guy, two guys we haven't mentioned yet, Darnell Washington, huge mammoth of a man out of Georgia. One of the best, literally like if LeBron James played football. Um, mm-hmm. But he's probably going to be more of a blocking guy, not a huge receiver there. Uh, and then Luke Musgrave, who's a really great uh, athletic tight end out of Oregon State. Uh, but I'm going to go actually one of the matches I said earlier, which was Dalton Kincaid in the Cowboys. Dak Prescott loves throwing to his tight end. And if Kincaid has that ability to get open, like a lot of people think he does in the middle of the field, and he can turn that into more yardage after the catch than Dalton Schultz did, I think Dalton, I think Dalton Kincaid could be a really great uh, addition fantasy-wise for the Cowboys. I think that's a good long-term like dynasty pick, but it's yeah. just hard to trust rookie oh, yeah. tight end first year of fantasy. Like even TJ Hawkinson was slow coming out. Uh, yeah, but yeah, excited for fantasy football. Super <laughs> excited for the draft, and uh, you know we're gonna sign off in a bit, but we can't leave without a little bit of some hot, spicy sriracha flavored bold takes. Yeah. So you go first. Mr. Scroce, what yeah. are your bold predictions? All right, so we, we each have three here. I'm going to go with the two that I think maybe like in a vacuum, they're kind of bold, but I think they're not as like spicy. Um, and we, we're talking about the tight ends. I think one of my bold ones is no tight ends taken in the first round. Um, I, I think the NFL, the NFL is so weird because I think they, I think teams are finally understanding how important having a good tight end is. However, I think teams are also looking at the fact that, like, Eric Ebron, Noah fan, Hawkinson's pretty good. But, like, you know, a lot of these tight ends taken in the first round of drafts are not really panning out. Hayden Hurst 
is another guy who was taken before Mark Andrews in the same draft, and Mark Andrews is just better. So I feel like we could see a huge run of tight ends at the top of the second, but I could see teams passing on tight end just to sit there and say, we'd rather get, you know, a position that we feel better at in the first round. So that's my one. Uh, the second one I had was eight defensive backs will be taken in the first round. I like a lot of these corners and safeties in this draft. Uh, I could get up to like five that I feel really good about going in the first round. And then I, I think there are guys that are very much like, eh, you know, early second round, you know, maybe they can slip into the first that I think will go at the top of the first, just because teams are starting to realize that corner is a hugely important position. Um, you know, looking at the chiefs last year, their rookie corners did really well. Teams are going to be trying to find those type of guys. The Eagles in the super bowl had two really, really good corners. Uh, and then, like I said before, not many good safeties. So I could see one or two of them going at the top, at the back end of the first round. Um, as teams there try to get ahead of teams in the second round. But my big, big bull prediction is we talked so much about the top four guys. Uh, there's another quarterback, Hendon Hooker, that is being talked about as the fifth quarterback going. But my bull prediction is that after these top four guys go, no quarterback will be taken again until the back end of the third round. Wow. I, yeah, I, I, I like Hendon Hooker. But he did recently tear his ACL. He tore his ACL basically in the middle or towards the end of this last season. And I feel like that's going to scare a lot of teams. Not to mention a lot of these quarterbacks are old. Hendon Hooker's 25. Stetson Bennett, like, is a father with, like, children. Like, he's just an old man. So he's not going to go very early. Like we said, Jaron Hall's 25. And I think a lot of these teams are going to say, after those top four, there's such a huge drop-off that we're not willing to risk that much draft capital to go get these guys. I, I think some team will still be desperate enough to grab Hooker in the second round. Hmm. Um, I do agree with the, the the DB's pick, but not the tight end's one. But it is a bold prediction after all, so yeah, uh, not meant for the easy ones. Uh, so um, my first bold prediction is I'm buying into the rumor that the Texans are not taking a quarterback. That's not smoke. And that they legitimately think that going over Caleb Williams next year is their better option. And they don't even trade down. They just straight up go for Will Anderson and um, try to maybe target another dynamic player at number 12 pick. would be a really dumb decision, but it's <laughs> one of the dumbest franchises. Um, then all of a sudden, you got CJ Stroud sitting on the board. And the Titans needing a quarterback and not wanting to see their division rival, you know, surpass it for the next five years they trade up to number three and put all their chips on the table mm. and either if they like Stroud or Richardson better I, I didn't put that but they will trade up to number three to make sure that um the Colts don't have that option like and it. my other bull pick um guy that is super fast rising up the boards Darnell Wright tackle I think he's going top 10 and he's either the first or the second tackle off the board, even potentially over Peter Skaronsky. Mm, wow. That uh, uh, Darnell Wright is really good. I think the thing with these tackles is like they're all, I, I mean, they all are, like, I think they're all like really solid. And I think different teams have them in different orders. You're absolutely right that he's like been rising up draft boards. Um, but I, I could see like a team, maybe like the Bears, or um, I see maybe like depending on how the quarterbacks go, like the Raiders sitting there saying we're just gonna go take a tackle that we feel really good about at the top. Um, I, I love what you were saying about all the Texans taking Will Anderson, Titans train up. I'm telling you that two three pick, like right right there, the Texans and then the Cardinals. That's gonna define this draft because I have a very weird feeling that. You know, especially that third pick. If the Texans decide to be a little weird, go Will Anderson. Even if they don't, even if they take a quarterback, that third pick I don't think would get traded until draft night, until a team like the Raiders or the Titans sees what's going on with the quarterbacks. Um, for Arizona, they they might be able to collect a, a pretty nice trade package if someone is desperate enough. And like you said, I think the Titans, like you alluded to, wanting to get ahead of the Colts and make sure the Colts can't get 
you know, either the Titans guy or the guy that Indianapolis might really want if they know who that is. Um, I think we could see one of those teams move up drastically to try to get one of these guys. Craziness is about to happen. That is all <laughs> we can say. We are fresh out of time. Um, thank you once again, Christian, for, for joining. Uh, if you're interested in seeing our final NFL draft picks, we will post them in, in our bio. Uh, follow us on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, but until then, it was a great conversation and super stoked for this draft. Thanks for having me, Shoot. This is a lot of fun. Really, really excited. We're only a week away. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Anyway, uh, signing out.